So people people have a, people tend to quit often quit when when things get tough when struggles get tough. That's a, a very common theme, a very common expression that you hear people say is that people quit when things get get tough. And the question is, why? Why do people quit? Why, why do you give up when things get when, when things get hard? And how do you see a challenge, see a difficulty, and say? What, what do I do to get through it instead of giving up? That's the question that I would like to, to pick apart today. Anyone? Any thoughts? What's the essence of the question? Just why or how? Well, why? Why do we do it? And, and hopefully once we understand why we do it, we can understand how to, how to, be, how to do things differently in the future. The answer is usually simple. It's easy Wait, not to do it. Wait, are you, what are, you, are you assuming that to give up is a bad thing? Not necessarily. Right. But Sometimes you just give up because you realize there's no more point in dumping more effort or time or resources into it. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. You're saying, you're really, what you're presupposing is giving up, we're giving up is not boring. Yes, but, not, yeah. but, but, yeah. Okay. I guess so. Like, I don't like studying Torah, so I'm just going to give up. Or more like, yeah. studying Torah is difficult. Right. Or going to the gym is just too hard. I went three, three, three days this week, and I just, I can't do it anymore. Forget it. It's not worth that. I'm just gonna be out of shape. I'm gonna be okay with myself being out of shape. Or I won't be okay with myself being out of shape and hate myself. There's always another reason. It's like you put effort into it and what you you felt like you put in enough and you're it's like, okay, I put in a little bit of work and I'm okay with that work, and now I'm gonna stop. Right. It's like you hit your goal of 20 pounds of losing, but it's not really giving up. But it, you had an initial goal of losing 40 Check pounds, so you did accomplish some part of it, and then you give up. But you're you're telling yourself that you actually succeeded, but you're really giving up. So that is very, very, very deep. No, it is. It's very deep. It's like you don't reach your goal, you get somewhere. And then that somewhere, you tell yourself that that's really all you wanted. Or that's enough. So yeah, my goal is to learn Javiomi. Yeah, I learned the Masechta. I did, I did the first Masechta yeah. Javiomi. Or... Which is certainly better than not, but... Yeah. In your mind, you yeah. kind of tell yourself... That's what we were talking about, just setting goals that are attainable. Yeah, it's interesting. And then that's a whole other story, because then there's always the question. Well, that, well that, that was what I was going to ask. You know, when people, so to speak, tap out after it gets challenging, is it because those goals are potentially too demanding for what they may have been capable of? That was going to be what I was yeah. going to say. It's interesting, because you, you, you might know this, now that you told me that you studied psychology. I think that's one of that. By the the trans theoretical model of change. Trans theoretical model. I'm familiar with that. No. Basically, in that in that model, they they, they explain right the first the first is you know, the first basically two steps are motivation. Um, pre contemplation and contemplation are going through different levels of motivation. But the third step is is planning, and the fourth step is action. And this is something that, that a lot, that's very important. People have motivation to do something. 
they set a goal. What prevents you from attaining the goal? There's two options. And often people say things like, well, the goal was too high. But the, the reality is often what holds people back from reaching their goals is the, is the fact that they didn't plan properly. And the goal was not the issue. It was the, it was the lack of, of having a, a proper plan. Mm-hmm. When you look at your plan, you, you try to, first of all, you have to have a plan. And then once you have a plan, you look at exactly what in your plan worked and what didn't work and then tweaking it or changing it. That's something that a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. n- they mistakenly think, oh, my goal is too, too high. I really am not supposed to be losing 50 pounds. I'm supposed to only be losing you know, 5 pounds. And if I would you make that goal, it would work. But often, when you want, really wanted to lose 100 pounds or 50 pounds, or you really want to go to the gym, you know, three or four times a week, or you really wanted to learn Tafiomi, or you wanted to do whatever you wanted to do, the, the goal, the, the planning is the, most, is the most essential part. Now, when you plan, you might also realize during your planning stage, that maybe the goal is too lofty, too too high. If you can't figure out a plan that seems reasonable to you, then that might fit in, right? If you if you have a goal to lose hundred pounds in three months, right, and you try to calculate how many pounds that is a week, right, and it just doesn't fit into any plan, right, then you realize, okay, maybe hundred pounds in two years, right? But <clears throat> that's interesting, interesting I know, idea. I was gonna say, doesn't the planning come with like the decision making of your goal? Like, aren't, aren't they the same? I don't know. The they're really not. Think I mean, there's strategic planning and active planning throughout the process. You know what I'm saying? So but you do need to create a plan from the beginning. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. You need in order to in order to the goal think comes about, first because because your motivation is is before you before you have a plan is when you get motivated when you want to change. Well, I, I, I understand that. The goal comes from when you decide to change, right? You don't necessarily right. have a plan. Right. Think about it from something you feel actual. fat, your goal is, I want to lose 10 pounds. But your plan on how to get there needs to come at that time of decision making as well. Because what, then you're just going to go rogue? You know what I mean? You have to create... Well, you could spend a week, right. a week planning. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it works in stages. So do you think that people don't, pull, don't do that planning at that moment? Or do you think... It's well, some people process? skip the planning stage. Right. And some people... Make a plan that's not effective. Right. Or, right. Either right. way. Either way. Right. If you go to the action to the action stage, which means that you you enact your plan without a plan that's working, right? Then you're gonna have to go back. You're gonna have to what's called recycle through the stages, which is you're gonna have to go back. Often you're you're gonna actually lose motivation, and you're gonna get unmotivated, and you're gonna have to actually recycle to the first stage of pre-contemplation, where you're like, ah, forget it. It's not even worth it, and then you. Wait a second. I really am miserable the way I am. Okay, let me let me let me work on this. And you get motivated, and you realize this will help me with my goals in life. And then you work on you get you get motivated again. What prevents somebody from? Well, shall we say this? Assuming that we have this person who's <clears throat> going through the stages, and he's and he's skipping the action, the planning stage, or he's planning ineffective planning, right? What what prevents him from? Sitting down, you know, and putting together a proper plan. ADHD. Okay, it might be. No, <laughs> really. like I speak from practical experience. It might be. The bias to planning doesn't uh, apply to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would that be? You think you're better. Yeah, that's exactly what I, where I'm getting. Where I'm going. 
Do people just don't just don't complain because they they just I think we live in an immediate gratification society, so but it also they comes with what I'm saying. He's saying that it's honestly deep down inside. Deep down inside, I know I feel it every time I do something. I'm like, I don't need to like look up an exercise regimen. I can just do it myself. There's so much to that. Like even with the immediate gratification stage, like there's more to it. It is going to be someone who's going to be like, all right. I don't really need to talk to someone else about it. I don't need to create some sort of. I'm just going to do it. And that's where the lack of the planning comes from. Just going rogue. It's not going rogue. It's going to the beat of your own drum. It doesn't actually help you get anywhere. Well, because you're not an expert at, at attaining that goal. You know what I'm saying? You know. I was going to say, like, the, the, the number one example of this, like, change and, like, putting it out of your plan is just, like, classic, like, um, like, a, the 12 step process of, like, like, having an addiction. Mm-hmm. Shows. Like there's a prize, twelve steps mm-hmm. to getting through, and there's a plan in place, and you follow that plan. Then. Yeah, the example that I always think about. <coughs> anyway, so you have a, a fashion model. What are they portrayed as? As a skinny, good-looking, in shape. Tom Cruise. Person. What? Tom Cruise. Yeah. Whichever, whichever way. Yeah. So, what, what's what's what is the what is the 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 media message? What's the message that the media or that the society gives us, the message is that, you know, that they just, you know, they're just people like that. And we want to be like that also. And how do we be like that? I don't know. The way, we don't really get the, the behind the stories of how they got there. So we just feel like, okay, we'll just do it. We'll just do, you know, the gym three times a week and we'll, or twice a week and we'll get, we'll yeah. get to where they are. We need to see the work. But... Now you can see it more, you know, because the things they, you know, they have these all these behind the scenes, they review all these things no, that they do. They still just put on faces for Instagram. But there's a lot of, right? There's a lot of work that it, it takes a lot of work to get to, you know, to, to get to, to be to become something, to become the height of of any we don't any see that, right? yeah. Well, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But to become the height of any field, it takes work. There's no one who's instantly. Um, who easily the becomes gets to the top, and if they do, they're they're the the fluke. They're the unless you're born into it like the queen. Yeah. But if if it's like a if it's like a fluke, right? Then then they're they're out of the, they're the ones who are out of the norm. You're the one who's you're you're not you're not, you can't expect to be like one of these, you know, one of the million people. So, <coughs> I think that a lot of people have this. This desire to to be to to be the top of, or to, to be the top of something or whatever they're, whatever they're interested in or whoever they're jealous of without having to put in the work and I think what makes people desire to skip the 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 proper steps that it takes to, to achieve greatness which is is um, Planning, which means to to learn from other people who know more than you, and to put in the work and put in the steps, is is people's people's pride, people's was was the word you used before. You used the word before that, like it's okay, whatever. But yeah. people people's pride, your your pride, the fact that you people want to be. 
to be there already. They want to be honored. They want to be respected. They want to have something. They want to they be there already. They want to be at the top already without having to have put in the work. And therefore, the, the taking the time to, to seek advice, taking the time to, to ask for help, taking the time to put together a, a plan and to, to troubleshoot your plan and to, to see where things are going wrong. These things are things that are difficult for somebody who's, who, whose life is filled, filled with, with, whose desire is pride. So you're saying in general, the reason, the main reason why people are not successful in setting their goals is because of their pride? And to just use a different a different um, terminology, the right there's a book called Mindset. Have you ever read it? By Carol Dweck. It's a pretty famous book. It's not so not so new. So the, there's basically these two mindsets that people tend to live in. There's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And what the fixed mindset is is this basically this idea is that somebody fixed means that you feel that. Your that that that's, that self worth comes from mastering something, and therefore, if you didn't master that thing, then you then you have no self worth. Mm-hmm. So if you you identify yourself, let's say, by the fact that you're a great musician, right, or whatever else, let's say a great sports player, right, you identify yourself by that. So now, when you when you get to that point where you're like, I'm not good at this. You're realizing that you're really not that good at it. So you have two options. Either you can say, okay, I don't have to be good at it, but let me let me see. Where do I want to go with that? Do I want to try to try harder? You know, do I, am I okay with being average? Do I still want to pursue this? Or you can say, I'm not good at it. Forget it. I'm not. I'm not interested in in in, in trying harder. Now, <clears throat> there's a third way. Which is which is just part of the second one. So the first way is what we call the growth mindset, where you, where you, are able to say, okay, I love playing music, I'm not that good at it. I'm gonna, you know, go to lessons, or I'm gonna figure out exactly how to do it. I'm gonna work hard, and I may not be the best musician ever, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it. The the fixed mindset has two ways to go. Either either it tells you, okay, just give up, because because he needs to be, he needs to be great at something, in order to. To be worth worth something. So if if he can't do it well, then what he tells himself is, okay, I was never good at it. I am not destined to play music because he can't he can't live with himself not being good at something that he's that he tries to do. He he needs to be naturally good at something. Good because because he looks around and he sees all the people who who are good at things. Right? He doesn't see the work that they do. He just sees the finished product. <clears throat> so he needs to be naturally good at it. And if he's not naturally good at it, if it's gets hard, then he automatically either gives up, right? That's one option, which is the more common option. And the other option in some certain certain circumstances is he will he will um, essentially fantasize about a, a, a reality that doesn't exist, that he is actually good, even though he's not. Those are the two options for the, in the, within the fixed mindset. Either you just give up, or you imagine that you're really you really are as good as, as them, and you, you become arrogant and you basically 
try to portray yourself as somebody who's as good as whatever, or yeah, and people don't realize it because of this or because of that, or because they're just stupid and they don't they don't they don't understand. Or they, you can have all kinds of rational ideas. Those are two ways to get to the fixed the fixed mindset. What if you believe? If you believe that you are sometimes, even if it's not an arrogant thing, you can get to that point. What does that mean? If you believe you're really good at something, hey, if you're not going to put in the work, even while you believe it, that's one thing. If you believe you're good at it? No, if yeah. you believe that you could be good at it. If you believe that you are good at it, there's still room for growth. And there's still room to get, unless you believe that you are the best. Because if, if you're looking at it as, like, number one kind of thing, but if you're looking at it in terms of, I don't know, you don't need to be the best doctor to be able to save lives. Right. But you do need to be the best doctor to think, you should be the best doctor to think you're the best doctor, no? I don't know. Does it require some that. objectivity? Well, I'm just trying to, to, to speak as, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really sure where we're going with Because I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the fact that people who, even people that are successful think that they have to be the best. I think the opposite. I think the people who are successful, in general, are the people who don't need to be the best. Correct. I is, agree with that. Is this a riff on that assumption to Kevlos about being the tail of the line rather than the head of the fox? No. Is this okay? No, but it's, it is. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to. It is on a different um, 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 you know, some for whatever you want to call it, Mishnah Pergamos. Okay. It is based on different Mishnah Pergamos. Um, how do you know I was going to, you know, put this in somewhere? I'm I had, I had a suspicion. Just teasing you. Professional <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, no, but, uh, yeah, I think, okay, I want to, I want to get into this a little bit. I think the, in general, when, when someone thinks that they're the best, like you're, like you're saying, right, so there's, they need room for growth. Right? When someone thinks that they're good at something, they are leaving room for growth. Right? And it's very important for somebody who is good at something to be honest with themselves and say, I'm good at something. Right? Somebody who's not good at something and believes he's good at it is possibly limiting his growth because he is not seeing the necessity to, to work hard to achieve that goal. <clears throat> now, somebody to say, I could be good at something if I work hard is exactly what we're, what we're saying a person should do, right? right? <clears throat> a person should say, I could be good at whatever it is that he, he gets gets enjoyment from or feels, you know, is con contribution to society, right? If you want to be a doctor, right, you can say, I'm good at medicine. I'm not a doctor and I'm not good enough yet, so therefore I need to learn more, right? If, if I would go and say, you know, I'm as good as, as you know, whichever doctor, I just, I'm not as, I'm not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not as well trained as him, but I'm as good as him, right? But then the, the thing is, like, there's people in life that are still very successful, and that they think they are the best, even though they aren't the best. Right. Yeah. So what, what, like, what do we do with those people? Okay. You probably just gotta let them be. No, correct, but, like, it still works in a way. Right, that, that, that mindset does. There are plenty of doctors out there. They feel like they are the top of their field, also, and they're not. Or okay. even lawyers, or even right. even even like the, the first thing my mind goes to is sports players. Like they. Yeah, so it's true. I think you're right. The question I think would be, again, I, I hate doing this. This is not something I enjoy saying. 
Um, I don't know how accurate it is, but but the question is, would they have? Could they be better? Because it, it, at the same time, would this have been holding them back? Maybe, maybe not. But sometimes that that is what drives them to continue going. For certain people's personalities, not my personality, but the people's personalities out there, that them thinking that they're the best and them losing that title of the, them right. being the best is that's what the drives them. Yeah, it could, I, yeah right. I, agree, I agree with that. that that's, honor, definitely, that's definitely honor, motivation. But, but that, of course it could be, of course it could be that it does definitely count. So, yeah, but also the question is, that might, be, that might motivate them up until a certain point right. and not further. Meaning, that might motivate them, let's say, through their, well, that's in the their football of, career. No, but, but that's in the mindset of them being the best at what they do. And in in what in the realm of, of them being, being the best, the best. Or of them needing to be the best, both. Because I'm not sure. I think that mm. that when I don't know if there's a good example. I'm not like so into sports anymore. To LeBron James. Is he he's that arrogant? He I'm saying no, he, not, he was not, the best. But, like there are people out there that are like that. I mean there are. Um, do you remember Ali Richard Sherman? Richard Sherman was like, you know who that is? He was on the Seahawks. When he was on the Seahawks, I know something. He kept on saying to everyone, I am the best, no one can. And then he ended up getting cut or whatever. But like, that probably did cap him. But so, Mm -hmm. so let me answer this question. Risk preferences. I think that, I think there's, there's a moderating factor here. Like, if you're in a field where the only people who succeed are those with the risk-seeking preferences to imagine themselves capable, then I don't see how we can distinguish one from the other. So this you see a lot in in people who are in sales, right? Mm -hmm. They have to believe, they want to survive. It's a cutthroat environment. They want to survive. They have to believe that they're capable of much more than they actually are. And then one way or another, the data will shake out who's proven right. Well, that's the problem with sales is that you're not actually really good at anything. You said that. I'm in sales. You said that. I'm going to say But, yeah. No, it's on your... I was thinking about that. Right. Yeah. It's, and this is the number one thing in sales. Like, you have to believe that you can that you can do it. And if you don't believe it, you're not going to get it done. Yeah. I would say my... I don't, I don't want to equate my field, but, like, my field. Like, if you... Like, there's a lot of failure in my field. And if you are going to get overcome by that failure and just see yourself as a failure, like, we have a, we have a phrase That, that kind of sounds like what you're talking about a little bit, where a person who is capable is constantly down on themselves yeah. about, oh, I can't do this, I'm not qualified, whatever. Those people don't survive. There's a selection bias there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that helps. Well, what, what are we trying to get out here? Uh-huh. What are we trying to get out here? The growth mindset. We're trying to get out how you overcome the... The um, how do you overcome that? What do you call it? That block of reaching your goal when you, when things get when things get difficult. So the suspense is killing you. Which pasuk in Trichei Avot are you referring? There's resistance. Okay, so the 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 mission figures that I'm referring to is actually the way I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting into the the Torah aspect of this. So the the mission figures says, "Kol abereach." If you chase after, after honor, 
it will run away from you. If you run away from honor, it will chase after you. What is the meaning of that? Is it just, you know, a cool thing? You know, <laughs> I got it, we got you. You're running after honor, it's not gonna get you. Right, is it, is it just like a, a, you know, a cool thing? You know, one of those, one of those, um, you know, slogans that, you know, one of those idioms or whatever, one of these things, or is it something deeper? So, um, I think, I think the Vulnagar explains, I think, that, that, what, what does this mean? The covenant honor, who do, who do we honor? Who do you honor? Who do I honor? Who do people honor? This is, gets back to something that we've been, we've been discussing the last couple of weeks. People honor people who are, who act human-like, who act like people. They say, people respect um, positive virtues. People respect people who are, who are spiritual. People respect people who are, <coughs> who are um, um, selfless. People respect people who are altruistic and well-giving. So when someone is, 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 is looking for honor, he is looking for something that ha- has no benefit to anyone else and is purely selfish. So it's, it's not, like a, ca- it's not like, a, like a cute thing that if you look for, for honor, honor runs away from you. The, the, mere, the very act of looking for honor is a reason that people disrespect you. Because people don't respect somebody who looks for honor because that's one of the things that people don't respect. As opposed to someone who runs away from honor, that's very self- selfless. And therefore, people respect, naturally, people respect somebody who runs away from honor. And that's how he explains this mission of Perkyavis. Honor, Running after honor is an unrespectable act, and therefore people will, will naturally, instinctively, the respect will run away. So how does that track into goal setting? So... Okay, so let's, let's, let's mull this up. So, the next, um, the next, um, so we have a, a we have, so we have a, a fellow here, a guy, who's looking for honor, alright? But he knows that he can't run after honor if he wants to get honor. He, or let's call it pride. He has, he has a need for pride. He wants people to look at him to respect him, glory, he wants to glorify himself. But he, he knows that he cannot get that by, by chasing after it, right? So what does he do? He pursues selfless, altruistic actions, right? And he does things that are selfless, and he does things that are, that are altruistic, and, he, and he's kind, and he's generous, and he does all the right things. But in order to get, to get honor, so, so he's, he's trying to outsmart the system. He's not running after honor. He's not asking for honor. He's being humble. And he's being altruistic. He's giving and he's being kind and he's being generous. He's doing all the right things. Right? But, but all the time he's looking over his shoulder and seeing who's watching him and, who's getting, and if anyone's giving him honor. This is, so what happens to this guy? Does he get the honor that he, that he, that he wants or not? Well, it's a question, yeah. Um, I can answer it, but what do you guys think? On some level, perhaps, yes. Uh, and again, depending on how you operationalize that, it's just mm-hmm. recognition, it's just an honest and respect thing. Yeah, even begrudgingly, people will respect folks that do things right for 
And what happens? What happens to him internally? Does he? What happens to his motivation? Meaning, he's motivated right now in order to get to honor. That's what's motivating him to 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 be good to other people. All right. So, what would happen to his motivation? Were you arguing that it's going to attenuate over time as he starts to realize that what he really wants is something else? Which would be what? Well, what you're describing is, is known as impure altruism. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's let's say that. Yeah, right. let's say that way. The person where they're like, I'll get it, I'll donate the wing to the children's hospital, but I'm only interested in this because my name is on the board. Yeah. Right. I mean, eventually... That doesn't work. I feel like I'm, I'm assuming that at least that that, that would be my, my yeah. So I'm, yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking like this. I think that somebody whose goal is to gain respect from other people, assuming that you cannot gain respect or honor from people if you are chasing after it, no matter what you do, you're never going to get the honor that you that you that you that you desire. As long as your your goal is to get the honor, even if the way you do it is by trying to be altruistic and trying to trying to trying to fit in and, and, and circumvent the, you know try to you know rig the rig the, the rules. At the end of the day, people are gonna sense because it, it's not about what they see. People just see a person. People sense a person who is looking for honor, and you will not get the respect you deserve. Sure. And what that's going to lead into is that you're going to need, this person's going to need to to inflate his own ego because he's not getting it from other people. So instead of saying, I'm, I deserve respect, he says, I deserve respect. No one's giving him the respect. So what, what he said, what he, instead of, let me say that better, he wants to respect some other people and he doesn't get it. So instead, he says, I deserve the respect. And he says, I don't need to, to, to be a tzaddik. I don't need to be righteous. I just need to, by acting that way or by putting on a show or whatever he's doing, he could um, pretend or put himself in a place in his mind that he's already on the, at the level of uh, a real, real tzaddik. Um... Not to get this too far in, 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 in a sense, yeah, in a sense, yeah. Yeah, in a sense. I don't know if Lovin actually believed the things that he said. But, but what he said was, yeah, that he was being righteous. And, yeah. So the, the story in the Gemara, that this all connects with, is actually a really interesting, strange story. There was a... There was a so this is, again, Rabbi Barachana. This is the same Gemara. Rabbi Barachana said he saw a one-day-old... Goat, um, mountain goat, that was the size of Hartabar. Hartabar is this large mountain from last week's parsha. If anyone learned the, the Medrash, yeah. it was with what? Harsinai. The, you know the mountains got this whole discussion with Harsinai. Which what was the pronunciation? Hartabar. Tabor. Oh, okay. Tabor. Yeah, so this was like the tallest mountain in Israel, and you know he offered his services to God to, you know, to give the Torah. On. And God said, "I don't need you." And, and 
and this goat is the size of a tower, and its 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 neck was, I think, three passes long, which is I don't know how much a mile, like ten miles, um, and it's there's a whole a whole bunch of different descriptions of this of this goat, and then yeah, so the 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 Vilna Gaon goes on to explain that what, is, what does the goat represent, and he says like this: the the pasuk says in describing Tyra, the pasuk says Bechar Shayer Halalai. It's talking about Yisav Tzadik, but it's talking about a Talmud Chacham. Bechar Shayer the Bechar of a of a Shar, which means the the firstborn bull. Hadarai is the glory of the of, of the Tyra. And the horns of a Ra'im, which is a, a mountain goat, is its um, is its horns. Meaning the, the 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 bull has the horns of the goat. So what does that mean? So they explain that the the, the, the bull represents represents there's two types of 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 of, of, of people who learn Tyra. There's a the people like a bull and people like a like a, a mountain goat. What's a bull? What's unique about a bull? A bull Goats. just works. It works for its master. It's submissive. It's a big, strong animal, and it works for its master. It fulfills its master's wishes. It uses its strength in order to <coughs> to follow its master's wishes. That represents the 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 young Talmud Chacham, a young um, person, young young Torah student who's learning from his master. He doesn't do anything on his own. He learns from his master. He's dependent on his master for food. He's a domesticated animal. He needs his master for food and for and for sustenance. And he he's constantly um, um, giving and taking from his master. <coughs> the 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 mountain goat is the opposite. He's a wild animal. He's self sufficient. He's you know strong footed. He's able to run around the mountains. He has these magnificent horns to protect himself and to, you know, to demonstrate his will. It's it's a very um, strong-willed, um, independent animal. That's a, 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 a mature Tamil After you've accomplished all that you need to accomplish in learning, you become a mature Tamil and you can go out and have your own ideas. You're mature enough to, to, to think of your own ideas. You're, you have the, the strength to protect your ideas. Um, and if you don't have the strength to protect them, then, then you shouldn't be saying that. Right? And, and this is the, this, this is the, the, the power of a, of a strong time of hacham. So in this, in this mashal, the, 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 the example is a, a goat that's one day old. So that, that, that's meant to represent the two types of Tamil Chacham. The Tamil Chacham who's, who's compared to a bull, who's the young Tamil Chacham, that's the, represented by the fact that the goat is one day old. And uh, the fact that he's using the example of a goat with the horns is to show you that he thinks that he's already an accomplished scholar, an accomplished Tamil Chacham. And what he does is he, he lifts his head, his head is, is how big is his head, his head is three parses long, which is, which is the the height of the of the of the Tamid Chacham. It says the, there's a Gemara that says that the clouds are four parses high, and the clouds 
um, bear, bear, bore, send witness, bore witnesses to the fact that the Talmud Chachamim are three parcels above the ground, something like that. And, and that's where the Gemara places this, this, this goat's head. So it shows that this, this goat is placing his head where the Talmud Chachamim are. And why is it the size of Har Tavor? Because Har Tavor was the mountain that was so tall, that was, that, that was the tallest mountain, and it, it told, he told Hashem, I, I, give a turn on me, why give me a turn on the Har Sinai, give a turn on me. And what was Hashem's reply? The fact that you're arrogant shows that the Torah cannot sit with you. We cannot give the Torah with you. And, and the arrogance itself is a reason to not, for, for you to not deserve the Torah. And this, this goat is represented by Hartaba. He's the son of Hartaba, which means that his, his being is, is, is a being of arrogance. And he cannot accept the Torah, he cannot learn the Torah. But the reason why he cannot learn the Torah is not, you know, it's not, it's not because arrogance is a bad midah. It's because arrogance itself prevents a person from growing. And that's the concept, that's how it fits into the whole thing that we were discussing earlier. Arrogance prevents somebody from growing. When a person feels like he's there already, he needs to be there already. He is running after something. He's looking for pride, looking for glory. He's looking for something. That itself prevents a person from learning from other people, from learning from a teacher, learning from a master, from submitting to the fact that there's other people who know more than you about whatever it is you want to know and that you can learn from them. And that's why you can't learn Torah. Because the only way to learn Torah is to first go through the, the stage of the bull, where you're submissive to your master, you learn, you give and take, you, you're giving to your master, but you're taking from your master. You're, you need him, and, and you, you develop yourself into a, a, a you, with the knowledge, of, the vast knowledge of a proper Tamil and then you can become the goat. The, 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 this, this goat was, was one day old, and it was already trying to be that elite level. That's the idea. And the way you, the way you prevent this, I think, if, it, if it's right anything, you prevent it is by realizing that it's okay to not be there, to not, meaning to, to, to tell your, I guess, tell your, your arrogance, tell your ego, tell yourself that it's okay to not be the top of, of, of the field, to be the top. It's okay to not be there. And that the people who are there got there in general because they went through the process and they learned and they, and they did everything. They, did the, they went through the process and they, they learned from people who were, who were there already. They learned from people who were greater than them. And then eventually, through slow steps, they got there. <clears throat> You're saying like really without humility that you either have two options. You can either give up or be arrogant. Yes, exactly. That is what we're saying. And but what that means is give up or be arrogant and and not, not be able to not okay. be able to learn and not be able to get better at whatever field is. Uh, that's exactly the idea. No, it's fine because I, 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 I definitely know somebody I'm in like, grad school with is in one of those categories. I will tell you which one. No, 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 not me. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I try to. I, I think I lean more toward the I'm worthless category. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's fewer issues with that character. I for sure have that issue. I, I, I went to school with a guy who um, who had the opposite problem. It was, it was really hard. Because the whole point of graduate school is to break you down and to show you that you're worthless. And then only from there can you actually grow. Um, and he didn't get it at first until he did. 
Yep. You learn one it's way. Big the other. crash. Right. You learn one way or the other. You learn yeah. the hard way or the easy way. Yeah, I we had in Shiva you have this all the time. Um, it's probably similar, I guess, in a way, similar to grad school. You have that, in, you know, in, especially when you're in this serious, real, um, you know, competitive yeshivas. It's like, you know, people are neck and neck, you know, and you have people who are, you know, who are just, you know, they're, they're not there, and they, they just act like they're there, they, they pretend they're there, and they cannot, they cannot learn. They, they just can't, they cannot ask other people, you know, shot in the Gemara. They can't, they can't do it. They can't bring themselves to do it. Because if I ask the guy who's sitting next to me what the Gemara means, it means that, I'm, I, it means that I need him. It means he knows more than me. Oh my God, I, guess that, I, I can't tolerate that. You know? So the only people that go to... Well... You think people devoting themselves to Torah. I know. Well, everyone has their struggles with these things. Right. And you have these guys, and they, they can only ask you know, the three best guys in Yeshiva. Because only those who you know, have, you know, have the ability to maybe know more than them... It's, it, is, it happens a lot. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see it. You see it a lot. Um, and, and in a certain sense, the competitiveness in Yeshiva is, is good for people. It gets, the competitiveness in general is good for yeah, people. It gets yeah, people uh, to... Just yeah. in, a, in the so I think, form. Yeah, that, that's what you were saying when you were talking yeah. about like, the sports players. Competitiveness is not... We're not talking about not being competitive. You should be competitive. And I think it doesn't mean literally jealousy. I think it means being competitive, which means, you know, seeing that someone else is better than you and using that to motivate yourself to, to become better, right? But using it to inflate your ego and to be arrogant is not going to make you better. This dovetails very well with the Sarah Hara discussions that we were having. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. 